Good morning, Trinity Church. And there goes the iPad. All right. Well, since Thanksgiving has passed, I think it's okay to say Merry Christmas. Hope you're okay with that. Anyone uh, put up the Christmas tree yet? Anyone? Oh, that's more than I thought. Okay. Lights on the house? Oh, people, we got to get the lights on. Come on. So I did that. Um, I did the lights yesterday. I went up on the roof and kind of did all that. And the best part was this. You plug it in and it works. It was awesome. So I'll tell you, it hasn't always been that way. Um, but now I check my lights before I put them up. And uh, there's something to be said for that, I guess. I don't know. You, you, live from, you learn from your mistakes Hey, since it is Christmas uh, season kind of coming up, I wanted to touch base again, Advent Conspiracy. It is, a, it is a giving campaign for us here at Trinity Church. We are raising $39,000, uh, which is super generous, super cool, uh, to support member ministries here at church, uh, in our community, and even reaching across the globe. And so it is a challenge towards generosity, a challenge to think outside of ourselves and, and to think kingdom-minded and, and, and to really put our dollars where our mouth is, really. And uh, so I challenge you to take that seriously and really consider that prayerfully. Also, uh, we mentioned uh, last week the Mexico Project. We are raising money to, to build three houses this spring in March. And I'll be leading a team of people uh, down there. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, we've been doing that for you know, so long here at Trinity Church. But we have an informational meeting for you to check out next Sunday in the ministry center, the next building over upstairs. There you'll be able to find out kind of what that looks like, uh, some, some of the costs and, and how to fundraise to help support that, um, kind of what the trip involves, how we build, meals, all that stuff. And, and the trip is really designed for anyone to be able to participate from you know, entire family units I mean, I've taken my family down for years, uh, you know, two-year-olds to 82-year-olds, 92-year-olds. I don't know what the, what the top shelf is, but we want you there. We're looking for like 75 people to go. So um, check out those calendars and, and then come, come next week to check out that meeting and we'll have a good time together. Hey, before we get started, let's, let's pray and we'll dive into God's word. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning, chance to worship you declaring your praises, praising you for who you are, for what you've done in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we are ready to to hear your word. Lord, I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers. Lord, we're not looking for more information. We are looking for transformation. Lord Jesus, my words are simply inadequate to do that. So we're looking for your Holy Spirit to speak to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're talking about prayer today. There's a lot of misunderstanding about prayer. I think um, we've got a, a lot of us probably, if we're honest with ourselves, have what I would call like an underdeveloped you know, prayer life. And probably for most of us in, in this room, there's an opportunity for growth when it comes to prayer. Sometimes we're tempted to think about prayer kind of like um, the game show a number of years back, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Which was a, you know, a, a game show of questions, multiple choice questions, 
Each time a question was answered correctly, uh, the contestant would be awarded more and more money. When they got stuck, they, ha- they had the opportunity to tap into uh, like three or four lifelines. I don't know what the exact amount was. One of them was phone a friend. You'd be able to phone a buddy to help out with a particular question that you were stuck on. I think sometimes we think of prayer more like we're in a moment of crisis, not sure what the answer is, not sure what to do. God, help me. God, I need you. Or it's, it's kind of like when you have a, uh, what I would imagine it would be if you had a, uh, an adult child, mine are still little, and for some reason they don't call quite as much anymore. Um, my parents are actually here. They're probably thinking about this. Um, they're like, they don't call, he doesn't call quite as much anymore. And, and when he calls, it's more like, um, hey, mom and dad, how's it going? Yeah, it's good, good, good. Hey, um, so my car broke down. It's going to be like $700. And, you know, I kind of don't have the money. Can you help me out? And, it, and it's more like we turn God into our cash cow. I need this, God. I need that. God, I really, really need that. And our prayer life mostly revolves around requests. Asking God for stuff. And some of them are are totally legitimate requests. But God's not just a genie. Wanting, just just, just ready to, to grant our wishes and desires. Because if that is our understanding of what prayer is, we will be frustrated. We will be disappointed. We might even feel hurt. Be like, why is the genie not working? Did I get a lemon? It's a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of confusion. R.C. Sproul said this about prayer. I think it's helpful. One might pray and not be a Christian, but one cannot be a Christian and not pray. Prayer is to the Christian what breath is to life, yet no duty of the Christian is so neglected. I think he's right. And that is not meant to discourage or condemn in any way. It is meant to surface the need so that we can allow God's word this morning to speak into that need. We're we're in a series, you know, this is a football. This is the last week, by the way. Um, and we're just going to wrap it up. But this series has all about, it's been all about getting back to the basics, getting on the same page, starting over, getting the basics right, doing them well. And this definitely falls into that category. This morning, we're going to finish our series in Ephesians as we discover God's plan for us as we learn to pray for our team. Learning to pray for our team. Now, this series has involved a number of definitions that we kind of thrown out there uh, to establish a common vernacular when we talk about, you know, different terms that we kind of throw around church sometimes. So what is prayer? You can jot this down in your notes. It's very simple, really. Prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is communicating with God. It's not some passive reflection, meditative state, some ritual. We don't have to go to a certain specific place, temple, or shrine. 
No. Prayer, as the Bible teaches it, is simply communicating with God, the creator of the universe. is ready to communicate with us. But some of you, there, there may be a question that popped into your mind, and it's a legitimate question. If God already knows everything, then why pray? What's, what's the big deal? Why pray if God already knows everything? And I think it's a fair question, and it deserves a, an answer. There's probably multiple layers of answers that we could give, but let me just give one layer by way of illustration. I'm a father of you know, three hooligans. They are five, seven, and nine. They're wonderful. And, and often, um, as we're at home, I'll hear one of these, like, Dad, I need help. Dad, I need help with this or with that. Or, or mom. And um, I like it when it's mom. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Dad, I need help. And you walk over, what do you need help with? And uh, maybe it's, it's my son. It's math. It's common core. I'm like, oh, you're on your own, buddy. Um, <laughs> but I don't mess with that because I do regular math the way it was intended to. You're on your own. But... <laughs> Um, with other things, I'm quite helpful. I try to be at least. And it is, it is, a, um, it is a joy to help your child. It's also a good thing for your child to ask for your help, isn't it? Because it, it, it puts them into a, a place of, of dependency. And that is appropriate for young children. It teaches them humility. They're not self-sufficient. They need their dad. They need their mom. In the same way, I need my Heavenly Father. Yeah, he already knows what I'm going to pray about, but he wants to hear it from me. He delights to hear it from me. Now, with this kind of context in mind, turn your Bibles to chapter 6 of Ephesians. And we're going to start reading at verse 18. Ephesians 6, verse 18. It starts off like this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me. That whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's pause there. Before we get to verse 18, I want you to glance quickly at verse 14, which is where we were last week. It starts off, stand firm. It's a call for as Christ followers to stand firm in the midst of the battle. Following Jesus is no walk in the park. But we're encountering spiritual battle that is real, not to be feared, but not to be taken lightly either. And then we discovered in the following verses that God has given us equipment, equipment to help us thrive as Christ followers. Thrive instead of flounder. Stand firm instead of being beat down. But I think you'll see that the equipment is useless 
The equipment that we've been given is useless unless, unless it is grounded, unless it is connected to the one who has given us that equipment. Unless we are in constant communication through prayer with God, he's the manufacturer of the equipment. Just a couple examples. What good is a belt of truth unless we are in constant communication with the one who is the truth? Don't you see a breakdown? If, we, if we're not connected to the one who is the truth, the giver of the truth, what good is a belt? At that point, it just becomes a belt. Well, actually, I really need belts. They are quite useful for me. Um, the breastplate of righteousness. What's good? What use is a breastplate of righteousness unless we are in constant communication and assured of the one who has declared us righteous, meaning right with God? There's communication that needs to happen there for it to be functional. What good is a sword of the Spirit, God's word, if we're not in constant communication with the one who has written these words. There is a huge breakdown. So all this equipment, all this spiritual battle equipment points directly to prayer. So with this in mind, the main point of our passage this morning is that we would grasp the indispensability of prayer to thriving in our spiritual life. Can't do it without it. It's not possible. So then look at verse 18. It starts off, and pray in the Spirit. First thing to jot down is that our prayer is Spirit-directed. Number one, our prayer is Spirit-directed. Paul explains this concept in greater detail in Romans 8, and it will be up on the screen for you to look at. Starting at verse 26, he writes, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You see, the Holy Spirit is intricately connected to our prayer life. He, um, he reminds us to pray, to pray for a neighbor that's struggling, to pray for a friend that's out of a job. He prompts us, even at, at random moments, he puts a name in your mind, and you're like, why is that name in my mind? I'll tell you why that name is on your mind. The Holy Spirit is prompting you to pray for that person. And even there are times when we don't even know what to pray. Isn't that true? We don't even know what to pray. And the Spirit steps in and prays for us. What an incredible resource and, and, and statement of, of, of assurance that is. So number one, we are to pray. Our prayer is Spirit-directed. Number two, our prayer is continuous. Our prayer is continuous. Again, verse 18, it starts off, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. The literal thought here, it's it's a participle. So really the thought is, and continually praying in the Spirit 
on all occasions. It's an ongoing action. It keeps going and going. We are always praying. Paul puts it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Always being in connection with the God of the universe. From the moment we wake up to when we lie down to go to sleep. We don't have to go to a temple to, to encounter this God. We encounter him wherever we are. We don't have to visit a shrine or, or whatever it is. What an incredible gift. What a privilege that is. When the veil was torn, when Christ died on that cross, we were granted direct access. And I think we can take that for granted sometimes. We have been granted direct access because of the cross. No barriers. So what does it look like to pray without ceasing, though? Continuous, on all occasions, always praying. Well, one commentator put it this way, and I think it's pretty helpful. Number one, wait with God. Wait with God. Any Black Friday shoppers in here? Anyone? Raise your hand. Come on, you don't have to be ashamed. That's okay. I was out there. That's okay. Anyone else? Okay, I was the only one. Um, no, just kidding. You probably stood in a lot of lines. I'm Dutch. Like, Black Friday is, like, awesome, you know? Just, <laughs> uh, we, had, we had a couple of things that were just flat out broken at the house. Like, for several months, I'm like, we're not buying anything new until Black Friday. I don't care. I'll stand in line. So, it was nothing we didn't need, but it was pretty awesome. Um, how much time do we spend waiting in line? Or sitting at a doctor's office. You doctors, like, you make us wait forever. We're sitting in the waiting room, and you're like, I could have shown up like 45 minutes later, but that's not going to change, obviously. But what you could do is instead of just, you know, breaking out your phone and like pretending you're super busy um, or playing some game, keep a little list on there on, on what to pray for. People you encounter when you're at your home group, someone shares like, hey, I've got this, this meeting on, on Thursday, got a job interview, bam, put it in your phone. I'm not smart enough to remember these things. So when someone tells me I have a job interview, I have to put it like in my calendar and it will, will prompt me. And it doesn't mean that I spend like seven hours praying for that job interview. But I will, you know, fire off a prayer and, and, and know that I've prayed for my friend. So wait with God wherever. I mean, we spend a lot of time waiting. I think we can redeem some of that time. Number two, run with God. For those of us that exercise, which clearly does not include me, um, but for those of you that do, often I see you guys wearing like headbuds, you know, earphones, and you're listening to some groovy music. What if some of that music was um, Christian music? So that you could, because there's many different ways to pray. A lot of the songs we sing are prayers. So it doesn't just mean, you know, sitting in your room and praying. You can be exercising on the treadmill or walking around or whatever you do for exercise. This is not exactly familiar territory for me. So, um, and um, as you're listening to a song about God's love, to be able to interact with the one, the creator, who is love. And say, God, thank you for your love. And then you just keep doing whatever you're doing. Um, so wait with God, run with God, drive with God. I mean, how much time do we spend in our cars? Some of you spend just like a ginormous amount of time 
and uh, on the 91, the 10, whatever it is, I want to just encourage you to use some of that time to, uh, to pray. My commute is all of five minutes, and I love it. But even that time, when I'm, when I'm driving to the office, I'll, I'll often pray for my day, the things that I'm going to be encountering. As I'm driving to church, maybe it's before a ministry event, I'll be praying about that, or I'll, I'll drive away and I'll pray um, about things that happened that day. I encourage you to do something similar. Maybe as you're listening to talk radio about the world exploding, um, you can turn that off and uh, pray for a moment about the exploding world. <laughs> and that's, that's a very good thing. And they're yelling about all these you know, crazy leaders and, and politicians. And you're like, oh, maybe I should pray for my politicians, my leaders, those in authority, uh, which is exactly what Paul command, commands us in Romans, to pray for those things. So maybe you just think about this, this, this pray without ceasing as an ongoing conversation throughout your day. So we've got wait with God, run with God, drive with God, walk with God. How, many, how far do we walk? Some of you know exactly how far you walk. Anyone at 10,000 steps? Is that your goal? Any Fitbit users? Okay, I saw a couple of hands. Good job, guys. Um, you know exactly how many steps you, you take. How about some of those steps? We can be in communication with the creator of the universe. When I, like, I work in the next building over, ministry center, but my mailbox is like right over there. During that walk, I can, I can pray. I can pray. If you're walking to lunch or you're walking to go pick up your kids from school, pray for your kids, pray for your spouse, pray for their teachers, pray for their friends. Last one was sit with God. We're always going we're driving, we're running, we're walking. Sometimes the most important thing we do, we just sit with God. That's tough. Sit with God. Listen to his words. This is him speaking to you. Don't just let him speak to you. Respond to him in prayer. Respond to him in prayer. As you read his truth, it is a two-way conversation. Sit with God. And this is not intended to be some big laundry list of all the things we have to do to be good Christian people. But I bet there's probably something in this list that could help you thrive in, in, in being victorious in your spiritual battle as you get connected stronger and stronger to the God of the universe. Our prayer spirit directed is continuous. Our prayer is varied. Check out verse 18 again. It goes on to say, with all kinds of prayers and requests. All kinds, different kinds of prayers. It's not just lifeline prayers in moments of crisis. You'll notice a, uh, an acronym in your notes. If you've been around you know, Christian land for a while. Um, you've seen that. It's the Acts model of prayer. But I don't care if you've been following Jesus for several decades or just several weeks or days. I, th- I find it an incredibly helpful model of prayer to kind of create some sort of balance in the way we pray. 
It starts off with A, adoration. Just simply taking time to praise God for who he is. Taking time in your prayer to say, thank you, God, that you are loving. Thank you, God, that you are my father. Thank you for your, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you're holy and perfect. But then also recognizing C, confession. As, as, as mighty and powerful as this God is, we fall short of his glory, of his holiness. So there's a need for confession, to confess our own brokenness, and that includes all of us in this room. And then also recognizing that he is so eager, so eager in his everlasting love to swoop in with just overwhelming grace. confession. The T, thanksgiving. Adoration, praising God for who he is. Confession, confessing our sin, our, our brokenness. Thanksgiving, praising God for what he has done, for what he's doing in our lives. How has he blessed you? Take time to thank him for those things. But then even I challenge you to learn, and this is a hard one, to learn to thank God for the challenges in your life. What is he currently doing in your life and and what challenges are you facing? Is there a trial? Because even in those moments, as hard as it is, we are called to give thanks. After all that, we get to S. Supplication. A time to present our request before him. The Bible clearly says that we're, we're called to, to, to come before God with boldness, to come boldly before the throne of God, to make our requests known before him. To, it says, knock, and the door shall be open. It says, seek, and you will find. He says, bring your request. I want to hear your requests. So bring your request before him. So we see our prayer is spirit-directed. It is continuous. It is varied. And our prayer is watchful and persistent. Let me explain that. It says uh, in verse 18, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Always keep on praying. Keep your eyes open throughout your day. Look around. What, what, What things, what opportunities are there to pray for? pray for people, to pray for situations, to be alert of what's happening around us. An example for us this week, to be alert and recognize that this week is a very challenging week for a lot of people in our community. It was only a year ago when 14 people lost their lives and 22 were injured. That was a horrendous week in our community, in our nation, that many in our community are still dealing with with the after effects of that. To be alert, to be mindful, to be watchful means we're gonna pray about those things. Maybe as you drive around town to recognize, wow, that was a year ago. That was ugly, that was evil. There's a lot of brokenness that's represented there. 
There's a lot of challenges that families are facing because of that. And taking some time to pray for that. That's being watchful, being alert, mindful, to be persistent in our prayer. And that's hard. But Paul, and God's word, challenges us to keep on praying for those children who aren't following Jesus. To keep on praying for that loved one who's suffering. To keep on praying. Do not give up. This is probably a good place to mention, although it's not in your notes, but it's worth mentioning. Is that, that does God answer all of our prayer? Does God answer all of our prayer? Yes, he does. That is a confident yes. He absolutely answers all of my prayer. He absolutely will answer all your prayers as well. However, sometimes his timing is slightly different than mine. And that can cause pain and disappointment even, fear, but also humility, dependency, godliness in our hearts and and lives. A perfectly legitimate answer to our prayers is sometimes no. A no is hard, isn't it? No's are really hard. In his infinite wisdom, in in his goodness and love, sometimes our heavenly father says, I hear your request, but I say no. And just be reminded that it was Jesus in the garden. He, was, he knelt down, praying to the Father, Father, if there's any way that you can take this cup from me, if there's another way besides the cross, let it be so. With tears in his eyes, sweating drops of blood, he said, Father, is there another way? Please, Father, but not my way will be done. Your will be done. The answer that Jesus received was a no. In God's infinite love and goodness, the answer was no. That's a challenge to me, to us, to pray in our hearts, to have this attitude, even if it's with tears in our eyes, even if it's, we don't even know how to pray these words, but to say, not, not my will. Your will be done, even if it causes me more pain. Even if it's not one I want to see happen, I want to see your will happen. Our prayer is spirit-directed, it is continuous, it is varied, it is watchful and persistent. And our prayer, lastly, it's, it's for the team. Our prayer is for the team. He says, continuing on in verse 18, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. We're commanded all throughout scripture to pray for one another. It's extremely biblical. And we do. When you write down those prayer requests on those cards and put them in the offering, we pray for those as elders, as as pastors. 
Our home groups, that's an important component of a home group to, to learn to do life together is to pray for our team members. It's how it works. It's how we've been designed to function. And it's, it's this praying for the team that's been extremely significant to me. Some of you have noticed me. I can't see my iPad very well. Um, I had some eye surgery this fall, this past fall, September. And um, they put lens implants into my eyes. I had cataracts when I was a little baby, and they took the, you know, the old lenses out, and uh, so we thought we'd put some new ones in. Sounds like a good idea. So we did the right eye, and it was fantastic. That same day, I was able to see um, better than I ever could. It was amazing. It was so cool. So then it was time for the left eye two weeks later, and when the, band- when the bandage came off, I didn't see anything. I couldn't see the big E. At your doctor's office, if you've seen, if you've gone to, to get your eyes checked lately, the E wasn't there for me. There's probably uh, a moment of, 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 of kind of anxiousness and fear that sets in, and like, what the heck just happened? I thought, we're going to fix this thing. Um, it didn't quite happen that way. And that's a journey that we've been, we're still on today. We're seeing different doctors and specialists. Got to have a steroid shot in my eye the other day. Now, that was a good time. Um, so, <laughs> think about that first. Let that sink in. Um, so, that's supposed to do some stuff, too. And uh, I got another appointment in like two and a half weeks. Man, this is not happening on my timing. It's been frustrating at times. But I tell you, it's been so encouraging. To have like hundreds of people pray. Hundreds of people praying. Even this morning, people coming up, hey, I'm still praying for you guys. What an encouragement that is that my team is behind me. And your team is behind you as well. That's how it works. That's how, that, that is God's plan for his church, for this church. That we pray for the team. Not sure what's going to happen to the eye. I think we'll, we'll be fine. Um, but even in those prayers, I want to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Not sure what that will is, but let's see it happen. You probably have your own version of this story, and we want to pray for you also. I want to invite you to, to, to come up to the front when, when, the, when the music starts playing. We'll have one more song. During that song, I invite you to come to the front and pray together with, with us. Allow us to pray for our team members. We'll be off to the side. You can find us there. It would be our privilege to pray for whatever is going on in your life. Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe it's an opportunity, like a job interview. interview. Maybe it's a... You've been praying for your neighbor and you'd like us to pray with you for your neighbor that you're trying to influence uh, for the sake of Christ. Maybe it's something small. Maybe it's something quite large. Your marriage, your kids, whatever it is. We want to pray for you because you're part of the team. And that's how this works. 
That's how this works. And we pray for the team because of the game plan right here. It says this, pray like your spiritual life depends on it. I think we've been challenged this morning to pray like our very life depends on it because it does. We're not called to flounder in our spiritual walk, but to thrive. Not to be defeated, but to stand firm. We've been given resources, but most of all, we've been given an incredible access, access to God himself through constant communication, without ceasing. He wants to hear our request. And I invite you to bring those requests before him even this morning. We said we're going to finish up the book of Ephesians, so I figure we might as well read the last couple of verses, otherwise you're going to be left like unresolved. All this tension, I can't handle it. But even there, I think there's some things we can notice. Go ahead and uh, look at verse 21. Tychius, the, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know who we, how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Even in this final greeting, Paul has such a strong sense of team, doesn't he? He's all about the team. He's, he's never forgotten that. It's not his name on the back of the journey, jersey, He's part of Christ's team. His owner is God himself. I think he's been an incredible coach to the Ephesians and to us as we've journeyed through this this book to get on the same team, to realize this is a pretty amazing team to be a part of, isn't it? With all of our differences, all of our uniquenesses, this is an amazing team. It's so amazing that Christ died for it. And we get to be on mission together. We get to change the world together. But we must never forget, we must never lose sight that we must pray like our very life depends on on it. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you have done, granting us access to the Father, that we can be in constant communication with him. And I realize that, that, that there's perhaps people in this auditorium, even this morning, who do not know the Father. You've not accepted Christ as your Savior and you're not completely sure what that means, and it's actually quite simple. It starts with just a admitting that you are a sinner in need of help. Admitting that you're broken. You've goofed up like all of us in this room, every single person. And B, believing that it is Jesus that died on the cross for your sin. He died in your place. And C, choosing to commit your life to following Jesus, to being a Christ follower wherever that may lead you.
And it's an amazing, amazing, but challenging journey. And we'd love to pray with you even this morning about that. So come find me, come find the others after the service. And Lord Jesus, we we come boldly before the throne, because you've told us to. We come knocking at the door. We present our request before you. And Lord, and we believe in the promise that you will grant us your peace that transcends all understanding. Father, hear our prayers. May we be encouraged as we pray for one another. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.